Hi, welcome back. I hope your week went well and things are going well for you in general. Uh, this is our Dialogues with Dr. Gabriel Cousins, and I'm here too, Richard Sachs, and uh, we're just talking before we went on air and saying, what should we focus on today? You know, things are really um, threatening as they have been for a long time. And as we mentioned, for thousands of years, people have been under the control of a tiny group of tyrants who themselves are under the control of satanic forces. And that's still going on today, but with the addition of advanced technology that makes things more uh, more serious. So we thought, well, we don't need to get into more detail about how bad things are. We can acknowledge that. But what we really need to look at is in that context, in this environment that we're in right now, the way things are going in the world, what's the best thing we can do to turn um, the trajectory of darkness to light? And I want to see what insights Dr. Cousins has on that. And we'll start with the uh, preparation of the dance and the meditation and get right down to the subject. So welcome, Dr. Cousins, and thanks for being here. It's great to see you. Thank you, Richard. It's good to see you, too. So... Before we have a discussion, it's always good to dance for spiritual joy and meditate a little bit to kind of bring our our frequency up. Uh, and we, hold on a second, we, um, now we start that way. And here is a way to meditate. And if you have your own, do that, okay? It's Yoda and then breath, <clears throat> hey and the out breath. Wa and then breath, hey and the out breath. <clears throat> now, you do Yoda from the base up to the heart, hey out to the heart. Wa from the base to the third eye, hey out to the heart. And you just simply uh, keep... Uh, repeating it until your mind's quiet. And after we dance, you kind of focus my eyes. We call this Haniha or Shakyapat. And the energy comes soon can help awaken your spiritual energy, which is the main idea. Or accelerate what is already there. So first, we'll do a little dancing to get the energy going, the spiritual joy going. We'll do that for three minutes, and then we'll come and sit and then focus on my eyes and we We'll share that energy and we'll meditate for a few minutes.
focus on my eyes as I go into meditation for a few minutes.
Slowly come out of meditation. Okay. So as we kind of slowly come out, we kind of look at things a little bit. And my question that we're looking at is, what is going on? Now, that's what I've heard a lot. But I want to I wanna turn it in a certain way. Because what is going on is usually connected with kind of <clears throat> a negative connotation. Uh, things are really bad. Okay. And I think it's important that we, we, we turn it to what can we do to make things really good? What's in our power at this time in history? to make things really good again. And it's called uplifting consciousness. Research has shown that when groups of people uplift the consciousness, there's a change in the global consciousness. That's really worth understanding. And I'm not necessarily saying we all have to kind of meditate hours a day. I'm talking about a shift in consciousness. Because what, from my perspective, looking at it, is that the globalistas are doing everything they can to degrade consciousness, to, to degrade awareness, to create hopelessness, to create negativity. So why are they doing that? Are they having a bad day? Maybe. That's their state of consciousness, most likely. But its effect on the psychology of the people is devastating. Because it brings people into disconnection from the divine and brings the people into hopelessness. It brings people away from the truth that we are made in the image of God. We are divine beings. We are not meant to be enslaved. That's why it's never worked throughout history for any sustained time. Temporarily, these things have happened. And we are at a time in history where we're breaking out of this slavery for good. So this is our last gasp. Short of blowing up the planet, which I don't believe God is going to allow, uh, and those working directly in places of extraterrestrial power aren't going to allow. And there's evidence in the 60s where uh, these ET stuff went around and deactivated a bunch of nuclear weapons. 
this is this happened in the U.S. But that's another uh, part of the topic. Our work, and this is the exciting part, this is the uplifting part, is to transform ourselves. Because when we transform ourselves, as part of the greater whole, we begin to transform and uplift the greater whole. Now that sounds good. How do we do that? Well, there's really no big secrets here. We start eating in a more conscious way. That means we're not eating bugs. We're eating high-frequency foods, foods that carry the frequency of the earth and the sunlight. And that's going to be your, I'm going to say, vegan and live food because these are the highest-frequency foods of the planet. And it uplifts consciousness. Because that's one thing. Then we're looking at, like you saw me doing the sacred dance, we're looking at uh, building prana, building life force. Tai Chi, Chi, Gung, Reiki, sacred dance, yoga. These are all ways to build the individual prana so our, our force fields are better. Service and charity. Caring about other people. We're living in a world that is really distinctly uh, creating thought forms and not caring about other people. It's kind of a slave survival type situation. This is definitely coming out of the global East's kind of uh, attitude and and those above them. And I I don't want to go into their motives. there's a few theories and so forth, but I want to go into what's happening, what we can do. So, by service and charity, we began to reconnect at the heart. We're not saying six feet distance, which is total nonsense to begin with. They did, I think they just made that up. There's no evidence anywhere in any paper I've ever seen prior to this uh, pandemic. Six feet distance. Nobody, nobody's ever thought that one up. Why? Why do we want to keep people separated? Why do we want to keep people afraid of each other? And what we need to do is let's bring people together. Let's communicate. Let's have that heart connection. That's what makes us human and not a robot. Okay? And people working with spiritual teachers who can keep them from getting sucked into the, the mind control energy that's going on. That's what this program is about. What Richard and I are doing. Okay. And then the ability to meditate so we can tune into the, the deeper truth of who we are and awaken the spiritual energy. So these are things we can do to shift the consciousness of the planet. So I want to just invite Richard in now to the discussion, because <clears throat> we just have a few minutes here. Welcome, Richard. If you Thank want you. to, add, if you want to add to that, well, I'm I'm very grateful that you announced that we don't have to eat bugs. So throwing away my bug supply as of today, but just kidding, I didn't really have a bug. And supply. we don't have to bug out. Exactly. We can be totally present. There's nowhere to escape. Yeah. This is not the right approach because 
that's all yeah. we give for a few people. And I, I totally agree with you that uh, what we've seen that's the most hopeful and the most solid demonstration of, of how regular humans can help to turn this in a diff- different direction is the clue that you mentioned so often with the meditation experiment that lowered violent crime. And I think that's not looked at uh, seriously enough because what that meant was that criminals, regular people who are mentally ill who want to hurt others and think that that's how they're going to get ahead, the ones that were about to murder somebody or about to break into a car or a home or commit some kind of violent crime, they changed their mind. And it wasn't because they were aware of the experiment. This is really critical. They were focused on committing a crime, and they didn't. And why is that? And if that's valid, which it is because it's been repeated over and over again in different places. Over 300 studies, 300 studies. Yeah, and there are other clues that in different ways support the same idea that we have this power flowing through us, not from our own little miniature egos that are all proud of stuff and attached to fake identities, but the real power of where we came from, the people call God that flows through us all the time, subject to our free will of where to put it. If we get that out of the way, that filter out of the way, it it starts healing automatically. It's not that we figured out how to make that happen. So the question is, how can we do that more constantly and on a bigger scale, because it's the time for small demonstrations is, uh, I think we need something bigger at this point. What do you think? Well, you're making me think that we really need to, you know, uh, we have a <clears throat> Peace 21 on each solstice. That's this March 21st, right. um, where we collectively meditate for a half hour to create world peace. And literally, we even dropped the sunspots for four years in a row. We dropped the sunspots, you know, during this time. Um, and increased sunspots are connected with more emotional disturbance on the, on the earth. And there's a power there. Uh, you drop crime, which is what you referred to in one experiment in Rhode Island. We talked about 43% drop in crime in three months. Some people said that's a fluke, and then they came back the next year and dropped 49%. We have the power to do this, okay? And, and So the question is, how do we apply that power? That's really the question. And maybe it is trying to organize, and, and there are groups doing this, uh, organizing kind of worldwide meditations on a daily basis. I think there's two points that you brought up that are really relevant that are additional clues to how to do it. Um, one is, in the meditation experiment that you mentioned, the people who were committing violent crimes who decided not to for reasons they probably didn't even consciously understand at all, but they diverted away from committing a murder or something else, those are mentally ill individuals who are really out of touch with themselves and are sick enough to start wanting to hurt everybody. Well, gee, that's a description of the people running the world, not just the private carjackers. You know, they're mentally ill people that are so out of touch that they want to destroy the planet. And 
it's assumed often that they're in positions of such uh, physical power that nobody can touch them. And it's been proven that that's not true at all. If you can stop an individual low-class murderer, you can stop a murderer with more connections too. And the other thing, and this is a scaling up issue, and uh, you didn't have any big percentage of the world population doing that experiment, and yet it worked. And it could probably work with enough focus in quite a small group. The other thing that you mentioned... That yeah, well, just said the, the data suggests it's either the square root of 1% or 1%, depending, you know, the data suggests can shift large masses of people. Right, and that, and that may get even smaller if the focus gets more perfected. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay, so my point is we want to know what schedule to meditate, maybe every day and stuff like that. I want to bring up a really critical issue, which is right now you're praying, you're meditating 24 hours a day. And most people don't even look at that, let alone understand it, but it's true. And it's not whether you're doing it, it's where is your focus. And the point of these periodic meditations, whether it's once a day or four times a year or whatever, is to remind us, if we get the, the clue, the hint, to change what we're meditating on all day, which is what you hold in the back of your mind, where your emotional state stays. That's powerful. And the fact that it's scattered and, and chaotic right now is reflected in the world situation. We don't have to leave it that way. So what about looking at that part, too? Absolutely. So we're, we're talking two levels. One is regu regular meditation yeah. a few hours a day, but how that actually changes your consciousness. So for the rest of the day, you're able to hold that consciousness throughout the day. Yeah, and to really intend to do that, not just hope it rubs off. Right. And I think these are starting with the individual and then using the group support. We know that group support makes a big difference in terms of shifting the energy, but also holding the energy. Right. And so there's, I think, again, two levels. One is the group support is really powerful. The other is, if you didn't have group support, you could still potentially become very powerful if you really put your attention on it. So one person, you, for example, just thinking of a person who's listening to our show right now, you have the option and the free will and the choice to shake off your own hypnosis and to become aware of what you're carrying around all day. And see, is that the best that you want to broadcast? Or or do you want to replace it and do it? doesn't cost a, a dollar or a penny. costs some attention. And to bring that in, not with, not with extreme stress and, you know, just forcing it, but it's the opposite. Can you relax into that harmony yourself as a microcosm of the world? And then that broadcasts out of you. And that gets stronger and stronger. It can be more than millions of people who are scattered if you make the decision. So it leaves it up to us, you know, as we're talking, I'm thinking, right? 
It's the obvious step that needs to be taken. Now, we've done this a variety of times. We've been leading Peace 21 since 1986. You, you put it back to but somehow the energy for meditation uh, dissipated. We need to recharge that up because that is the power we have. Right. And that's a power they can't really stop. You know, it's a power of one heart shared by thousands and thousands of people. The data suggests, you know, at a square root of one percent, that's 10,000 people. Well, there are groups already doing that. So maybe that data is better to be one percent, you know, of the world population to shift the consciousness. And maybe that's really the right approach, you know, as we're looking at how we, how does this turn around? Um, it does get turned around. See, I know it's going to be turned around. I'm prophecy that many things, but it will be turned around. Maybe it'll be another year or two. Um, but we need to get going now on it. So how can we make it more intentional on the part that you carry with you the other 23 hours? Yeah. So that that really gets done, you know, with focus. I think you're adding a really important part that isn't talked about as much, which is you meditate and you're kind of carrying the consciousness around, which is very good. But you're saying, okay, and I agree with that. You have a certain consciousness. The intention is to maintain that consciousness throughout the day. What is the consciousness? Non-causal love, non-causal peace. Non-causal oneness, non-causal harmony, non-causal compassion. That's a consciousness. And if we can, uh, you know, and I take out the if part, but by by maintaining that, we definitely shift the consciousness of the So for the people that aren't familiar with what you mean by non-causal, can you explain that? Um, yeah, I think I can that means we don't use Santa Claus. Non-causal, right? So the, the point is we have to get out of the Santa Claus way of thinking and understand that this is coming from without and us. Nobody's going to be coming in with the reindeer to rescue us and give us gifts. Non-causal means it's the truth of God within us. And it, when we tap into that, we experience, without a cause, love. We experience, without a cause, peace. We experience, without a cause, the oneness. Now, the environment can set that off or be detrimental to, but it's still coming from us as the primary awareness. That's what I mean by non-causal. It's the, the spark of God within us that we're tapping into that opens us up to the truth of who we are, which is the non-causal oneness and non-causal love, non-causal peace and so forth. That's good. So another way of looking at that is that it's non-causal with respect to the outside world, meaning there's not some experience you just had that caused it or something. We don't need Santa Claus for this. Right. Right. But but it has an original cause, which is the one that's coming from God. Right. And so we have the option to get out of the way and allow that invited and allow it to come through. Yeah. So I think we need to think more, so think seriously about this. And I hope everybody in the audience 
thinks about this and kind of gets back to us because um, we may be, not that it's our idea, not that it's new, but it may be the most important thing we can do right now. Right. And, you know, I'm sure if you've done any meditation work, you're familiar with uh, as soon as you think, even not just get up from meditation, but even think of it, your mind, your focus is gone, you know, on all kinds of other things. So it seems kind of impractical how you can hold it and everybody just says, well, I meditated for 10 minutes or an hour or two hours and I hope it stays and then it doesn't stay. And yeah, so, so what so we do? We have age-old approaches to that, and that's called a mantra. So depending on your tradition, as you're walking around, you keep repeating the mantra, which is usually a name of God that creates, like in, in the Torah traditions, the UK of case, it's, it's an energy of grace, of divine grace can be done. And you feel it, and you're repeating it, and it helps you remember it. If you're doing uh, from India, you may call it Om Namah Shivaya or Hari Ram, Hari Gol. Well, it doesn't matter, but those mantras are designed to keep you focused on point and to maintain that awareness. So if people have faced your question. This is a very good way of doing it because it helps bring you back to the oneness. Right. And if you realize how powerful this is, two things that come to mind immediately. Repeating something, like doing a rosary, you know, in one tradition, or there's many other ones. Yeah. There, there are differences between repeating it with focus and repeating it while your mind runs all over the place. The other thing is that it's not just intellectual, where re the real power behind it is emotional. So... Where your emotional state is, for example, if your mantra is peace, 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 and you're feeling fear, 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 even though you're saying peace, you're broadcasting fear. So if you're willing to become aware of what you're holding in your mind, all the, and your, especially your feelings all the time, and realize, remind yourself, that's what I'm broadcasting to the world situation. And is that the best, or do you want to replace it? And then work on that. And, and that can be done any time, free of charge, totally voluntary. But very few people ever think of it. You know, we think of the pressing things like the car payment and picking the kids up at school and all the things you have to do. I think what Dr. Cousins was referring to is that you can be picking the kids up at school, but there's a part of your mind and your emotion in the background that's focused on something at the same time. What is that? And what do you want it to be? That's where the power comes through. I don't know. Does that make any sense, Dr. Cousins? It's perfect. Very well, very well described. And that's our work, you know. And as we talk, it's gotten clear to me that is the project that needs to happen. Yeah. You know, and people have tried. Somehow we have to, it has to get to a little bigger level so that the whole world is vibrating here. The world situations, really good or nightmarish, they don't just happen. You know, the, right. the, all of these clues point to the fact that we have an impact on them. Even though you start out 
without consciousness of that, thinking that, well, all these big world events, I'm only one small person. I have nothing to do with it. Just whatever happens, happens. And all the powerful people are the ones who have an impact. These clues that we've looked at, including the meditation studies, they say that's not true. That you have an impact in proportion to your focus. And one person can have an impact more than millions if you take the responsibility. And that's open. As the minutes pass, it's the choice, you know, what are we doing with the time? So I think, as we conclude, it's like, we have the power to wake up the world. May we all be blessed and we choose to use it to bring light and love and expanded consciousness to this planet. Amen. Aho. Thank you, Dr. Cousins. Let's see it come true right away. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Doug, behind the scenes. Good. So, I don't know what to add to that except that it reminds me of something about Ho'oponopono that we've been working with in the Planetary Healing Club and elsewhere. And one of the precepts to this old Hawaiian traditional practice is taking full responsibility. And that's the opposite of our normal feeling that we have nothing to do with what happens in the world and it's just all random and it's happening according to uh, tracks that are unchangeable and there's nothing we can do, fatalistic idea. And in Ho'oponopono, which is really interesting and has actually done some amazing things, some of which I've personally seen, is that you say, in my world, which is this really high-tech movie that I call Real Life, with all the characters in it, people that I'm around and people at a greater distance and things happening, situations. This is my responsibility. I'm not talking about blame. Blame is to be removed completely. I'm talking about responsibility. That what I project with my focus and emotion actually changes physical reality. And, you know, right away, that's the first barrier to understanding. And people would say, no, that's impossible. You're talking about just kumbaya things to make you feel better. has no impact on the real world of concrete, uh, mundane matter. And that's proven to be not true. The opposite is true. So within your world, that actually includes all of us. I, I being a character in your movie that's just talking to you directly at the moment what you put out has an immediate impact on changing. And that means the reality that you choose to walk around in. It doesn't mean being oblivious to what's going on. That's counterproductive. It means knowing what's going on, strategic awareness, but at the same time, choosing to live in an atmosphere of what Dr. Cousins was describing as oneness and peace and harmony and so many beautiful aspects of love that you can think of. You can choose that any time. And one of the things that we can go into later when we have time, because we're wrapping up, is that the emotions we feel, we've been trained to think that those are reactive. In other words, if X happens, good or bad, then you have to feel a certain way, or you're not a responsible person. That's uh, 
that's imprisoning, that's completely false. If something bad happens, which we've got lots of that going on right now around us, we can choose to feel beauty inside and to project that out. And that's not irresponsible. That's healing. And you, you have huge power that can flow through you. So consider well and uh, realize the value of your time. We'll meet you here next week. See what you can do. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.